Welcome to the Non-Anxious Leader Podcast. I'm Jack Shitama, author, teacher, speaker, and coach. I focus on your spiritual, emotional, and physical well-being to help you be the best leader possible. Each episode explores research and practical tips so you can be a non-anxious presence personally and professionally. And now, here's the show. Welcome to episode 259 of the Non-Anxious Leader Podcast. I'm Jack Shitama. Before we get into today's episode, I want to let you know that the Friedman's Failure of Nerve book study starts in just a couple weeks on Tuesday, January 16th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. This will run for nine sessions, and we are going to dig deep into Friedman's Failure of Nerve. This was the book that he actually did not finish writing before he died and his family and colleagues ended up finishing it. It's actually the book that inspired me to start writing about non-anxious leadership. And you can join us to unpack what it means to be a non-anxious leader, according to Edwin Friedman. I will put a link in the show notes so you can get more information and register. Remember, this is a free nine-session book study. And now, without further ado, here is episode 259, Five Tips to Start Your New Year Well. It is 2024, and it is time to start the new year well. I'm not a big fan of New Year's resolutions. I find that they tend to be a laundry list of things that we wish we could do or be and we end up failing, we end up being discouraged actually because we aren't able to keep those resolutions. On the other hand, the research is clear that temporal landmarks, that is specific points in time like the new year or the beginning of a month or even the beginning of a week are good times to create a fresh start, to actually try something new. With that in mind, I do think there are things that you can do to get better in 2024. And the first tip I want to share with you is to pick one thing. The more we take on, the less likely we are to succeed in any of them. So it is actually best to just try to figure out one thing that you want to improve on. And the best way to pick that is actually not the most important thing, but the thing that gets you most excited. So whether that's exercising, eating right, getting better sleep, improving your spiritual life, enhancing relationships, there are many ways you can improve your life. Don't try to take it all on at once, but think of the one that gets you most excited that if you could actually achieve your goal, it would bring you joy. I write about this in my book, One New Habit, One Big Goal, Change Your Life in 10 Weeks. And the concept here is that you focus on one thing for about three months, 10 weeks to 12 weeks, in which you develop a habit so that after that period of time, it's automatic. You don't have to worry about it anymore, and then you can turn to something else. And if you were to develop three or four new habits a year that really improved your life, imagine how much better you would be. I'll put a link to a free copy of the book in the show notes for this episode. The second tip is to make a plan, and the more specific, the better your chances are of succeeding. 
Research shows that imagining specifics such as when you're going to do something and where you're going to do something and how long increase your chances of success. So let's say your goal is to run in a 5K. Well, the habit you're going to develop is running on a regular basis. And to the extent that you have a plan where you don't have to think about what you're going to do every day, then you are more likely to actually engage in the activity that is going to develop that habit. This leads to the third tip, which is to manage friction. If you're trying to train for a 5K, friction is what gets in the way and makes it harder to actually engage in that regular activity of running. So for example, when you get up in the morning, if you were going to run right away, then lay out your running clothes by your bed so that there's no friction of having to try to find your outfit and shoes. Having a training plan that details how far you are going to run and what your target time is enables you to get started without having to think about what you're going to do that day. This is what it means to eliminate bad friction. On the other hand, increasing good friction can also help you meet your goals. For example, if your goal is to lose weight, you can eat your meals off of salad plates, smaller plates. That creates friction because it's harder to eat more when you have a smaller plate. And you can increase that friction by putting your dinner plates, your larger plates, in storage, maybe down in the basement where you actually have to go get them if you want to have a larger plate. Another example is if you are trying to eat a healthier diet, to get rid of all the junk food in the house so it makes it harder to eat food that is not good for you. My favorite example is a woman who was in a mastermind that I was running on developing habits and she wanted to exercise every morning before work. What she finally figured out was that the best thing for her to do was to choose her clothes for work the night before, which she normally did, but instead of laying them out, she put them in her car along with her gym bag. When she got up in the morning, she grabbed her coffee, jumped right in her car, and drove the 35 minutes to the gym near her place of work. She would then work out, would shower, get into her work clothes, and would be at work actually earlier than she normally would. She created friction because if she didn't want to go to the gym that morning, she would actually have to go out to her car to get her work clothes and bring them back in. And she reduced friction because her gym bag was already in there and all she had to do was just drive straight to the gym and everything was ready for her. Workout clothes, work clothes, and she was close to work. My fourth tip for you is to think big and act small. The hardest part of doing anything important is getting started. Once you get started, things usually get easier. So when you are trying to develop a habit, you can start with what Derek Depker calls micro habits or BJ Fogg calls tiny habits. That is just doing something for a little amount of time, something that is so easy, it's almost ridiculous, but it enables you to actually get started. The example I like to use is that if you want to start reading the Bible every day for 30 minutes, then start with a micro habit. Start with a tiny habit and set your goal for the first week that you're just going to get up, get your coffee, sit in a chair, and hold your Bible for two minutes. If you decide you want to read for a few more minutes, that's fine, but you don't have to. The goal is just to get started, to get in that chair and have the Bible in your hands. It seems ridiculous, but getting in the habit of sitting in the chair with your Bible will actually 
build momentum. It will create progress, which is the fifth tip, and that is to track your progress because progress is your biggest motivator. Think about what it would be like if the first week you actually were able to sit in that chair with your Bible, and then in the second week you were actually able to read for five or ten minutes, and perhaps in the third week increase it by another five minutes. Over time, you're building momentum, you're feeling good about the progress you're making, and you're making it more likely that you will develop a healthy habit. I think it's important to visually track your progress as well, and Jerry Seinfeld's story illustrates this. He tells the story that when he was a young comic, he asked a veteran comic what's the one thing he should do to really get good as a comic, and that veteran told him to write one joke every day. It didn't matter if it was good or bad, but just to get in the habit of writing jokes, and he got a big wall calendar, one that had all the days of the year in it. And every day that he wrote a joke, he put a big red X on his calendar. After a while, he started seeing this long chain of red X's on this big wall calendar, and he developed the mantra, don't break the chain. This is how he developed the habit of honing his craft on a daily basis. I have a page in my journal where I track my exercise, I track my focused work, I track habits that I'm trying to develop, and when I see that chain of success, that chain of progress, it motivates me even more. These are the things that have worked for me over the years. My goal for this year is to develop the habit of time blocking my email. I'm one of those people who constantly checks email throughout the day. I like to have inbox zero, and I know that feels good, but it's actually not very productive. It will be much better to limit my email to two or three times a day in specific time blocks so I can use the rest of the time to do more productive work. That's the habit I'm working on in 2024, and I'm excited about it. I hope you find something that excites you about getting better in this new year. That's it for episode 259. You can get a copy of my book, One New Habit, One Big Goal, Change Your Life in 10 Weeks in the show notes of this episode. You can also get more information about the Friedman's Failure of Nerve book study in the show notes. And don't forget, you can always contact me at jack at christian-leaders.com and get more information at the non-anxiousleader.com. Until next time, thanks and goodbye. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, there are two things you can do to help others find this podcast. First, tap the subscribe button on your podcast app. And second, leave a review. I appreciate your help. Finally, you can find more resources as well as subscribe to my blog at thenonanxiousleader.com. Now, go be yourself.